Hey everybody, you're listening to the Jimmy's Table Podcast, jimmystable.com. I am your host, Jimmy Humphrey, where I'd like to have conversations about faith, life, culture, and sometimes food. Today is episode 16, where I kind of want to wade into some controversial sort of area, and that's going to be a discussion on uh, immigration, everybody's favorite thing next to finances, I know. Uh, I know, I know, I know. We all have very controversial, heated opinions about immigration, and I want to tell you what to think, so I'm going to give you my opinions <laughs> on uh, immigration. Uh, however, before I do so, you know, before I have these, you know, give my sort of thesis and ideas of, of immigration, um, I want to lay some groundwork and give a little bit of history and a little bit of statistics about immigration uh, and how we got to where we are in the United States of America today. Because I think when we toss out our opinions out there, you know, we're like many people. Uh, we like to just give our opinions without having any facts or figures or historical frame of reference uh, to back them up, we just want to say America to just about everything our opinion is, or Jesus to about everything our opinion is, and just pretty much leave it out there uh, and say, well, you know, my philosophy is the American philosophy, or my philosophy agrees with Jesus, so therefore you are wrong. <laughs> um, so, you know, before we get into such things and what I tell you, uh, what my personal philosophy is as a, a non-expert on the subject matter. Um, however, as somebody who, you know, maybe as even though I'm not an expert on the topic, you know, I am somebody uh, who has looked at the history of the issue, has looked at some stats, um, and not just ones I randomly Googled um, just to make a point. Um, but these are, you know, my opinion, I, I would like to think is a at least somewhat informed opinion, um, and it's opinion of somebody who, who is just the average Joe, just like you, and, uh, you know, I, I hope you are at least where I am, um, in regard to these matters. I, I remain open-minded, and I think I can be, uh, convinced on it, and I hope, you know, looking at some history and looking at some stats and figures, um, and considering some, you know, perhaps some philosophy, uh, maybe a little theology on the subject, uh, you know, maybe we can make a step forward in uh, the United States regarding our policies on immigration. Um, I don't claim to have all the solutions. I don't claim that these ideas that I may put forward today won't be without some um, possible negative side effects. However, um, I think uh, those side effects will be a lot less than the current, um, I, for lack of a better term, crisis that we currently have uh, in our direction on immigration policy. So anyway, here we go. I'm going to talk about some just some bullet points, some stats I wrote down, some history lesson stuff uh, before I get into my opinion. So here we go. A brief history um, on the United States and our immigration policy. First point I want to make is that um, for the first century of America's existence, we pretty much had an open border policy regarding our immigrate our immigrants and who we allowed to come into this country. We pretty much said, hey, if you want to come here, if you can... Uh, Make it work for yourself. Uh, you know, there's a lot of open land here. There's some land here occupied by some Indians that were here before us. But, uh, you know, if you want to come here and uh, make something of yourself and you, whatever that reason is, wherever you're coming from and whatever your motives are, well, you know, we pretty much allowed for the first century of our official existence as a country, we more or less allowed anybody to come here who wanted to come here. Um, America's border policy <laughs> uh, was officially open, um, and anybody who could live here was allowed to live here. 
uh, unless you, of course, you know, were a Native American and you had to be uh, moved around a bit, <laughs> uh, to put it mildly. Um, but that, that was the first uh, official policy of the United States of America for the first century. So if we wanted to go back to what the founders thought about America's immigration policy, which, you know, is something I don't hear too much, frankly, about, you know, especially among my conservative friends, uh, you know, we, we hear, let's go back to the Constitution, let's go back to what the founders thought. Well, except when it comes to the matter of their open borders policy. We, we kind of don't talk about that because that would embarrass some of us <laughs> if we were to talk about uh, the, the great leniency that uh, the early founders gave about America's official border policy. Um, however, to become a naturalized citizen, um, that is to to actually become an official citizen of the United States, um, they, there were various requirements that were put up early uh, in the first century of America's existence, and those those policies kind of differed from year to year, and they revised them and moved the figures around. But right from the get-go, if you wanted to become a United States citizen, as long as you are white and of good moral character and had been living here for two years, you could become an official citizen of the United States of America. Uh, there was a lot of red tape uh, to become a citizen. Um, and there wasn't a lot of hoops that you had to jump through in order to become a citizen. If you had migrated here and you've been here from at for at least two years early on in America's existence, well, you were allowed to become a citizen. You could, you know, vote. You could run for political office, and all that fun stuff. Uh, of course, over the years, those those numbers would be moved a little bit. At one point, it was increased in our first century up to that you had to be here at least 14 years and be white <laughs> uh, in order to become a United States citizen. Um, but, you know, those policies were moved around, and uh, of course, after the Civil War uh, in the 1860s, that was revised so that uh, blacks could be recognized officially as U.S. citizens. Um, but generally speaking, all you had to have was a pulse. Uh, if you, you know, wanted to come here and make it on your own, well, that was up to you. That was between you and God, and you could pretty much do so. As long as you weren't a uh, scumbucket and you, uh, you were allowed to come here and uh, become a U.S. citizen. Um, however, in the 1870s, we see that there was kind of a change of philosophy in the United States. Um, the, the ideas from eugenics, where people, scientists <laughs> and politicians, got together. And they started kind of forming a little more restrictive immigration policies for the United States. Um, people that were deemed inferior by science and politicians would eventually uh, receive some restrictions from the United States about who could immigrate here from what country and and how many uh, were allowed to, to migrate here. Um, so as time went by, though, because of eugenics, you know, they were... Uh, cracking down on the number of Chinese immigrants, the number of Japanese immigrants, the number of Italian immigrants, the number of Jewish immigrants. S some of these people were just deemed inferior, and they were deemed inferior based off of genetics, uh, in the sense of the term, like the, the racial composition you were, um, your, your personal character. Uh, you know, because all those Jews were just dirty people who crucified Jesus. So why would you want them to come here? Of course. Uh, or those those yellow Chinese, you know, um, and those yellow uh, Japanese, they, they were up to no good. And of course, the Italians. I mean, I don't even have to mention how dirty the Italians were. <laughs> Uh, and this was the philosophy in the 1870s and onward uh, for a number of decades. Um, and we used science. Uh, you know, or not real science, of course, it was very pseudoscience, um, or, or social science even, uh, to go ahead and pretty much disqualify, um, people that could come here on 
uh, an annual basis and where they could come from, what their national origin is. Uh, so we started putting pretty strict quotas um, about where individuals could come from. Sometimes those were quotas were absolute prohibitions. Um, and sometimes we decided, hey, there's already too many of you here already, so we need to lock you up and put you in a camp until we decide what to do with you. Uh, and you know, Hitler, uh, not, not to throw the Hitler card out there, I mean, God forbid, uh, I'm, I'm really not trying to, to say Hitler uh, <laughs> too often in this uh, podcast, um, but you know, Hitler kind of got inspired from some of the ideas uh, that we had regarding eugenics and our Darwinian evolution and theories surrounding those things. And, you know, he eventually decided he needed to borrow some of those ideas from America uh, and uh, implement them in Nazi Germany. Uh, of course, we didn't go uh, as far as Hitler did uh, by any stretch of the imagination. So I'm not saying we were Hitler's uh, and our American immigration philosophy. But, well, you know, some philosophies kind of rhyme um, when it comes to uh, the, the times in which those things happened. Um, so, you know, you, you see some s scary and similar language and philosophies and mindsets uh, starting about the early 20th century um, regarding America and immigrants and people coming from other nationalities um, and races and that sort of stuff. It, it got uh, pretty ugly. So some quotas were implemented. But by 1965, Congress officially did away with these national race-based quotas. We decided, hey, you know, we can't use science anymore to be racist <laughs> towards uh, immigrants. And we can't say, you know, they're a bunch of disease-harboring bad individuals um, who are nothing but uh, inferior uh, individuals based off their genetic composition, national disposition, and all that sort of stuff uh, that we used to say. Um, so, you know, we revised our policy, and we decided 1965, Congress officially did away with those uh, national race-based quotas, uh, and they decided to implement a different system where um, there would be large regional quotas um, about how many people could come into this country legally on uh, any given year. Um, that total was uh, 290,000 that, that Congress implemented of how many people could come here as of 1965. 120,000 of those immigrants could be from any nation in the Western Hemisphere, um, and the rest could come from the Eastern Hemisphere of the globe. It gave preference, the law did in 1965, to skilled laborers, families seeking reunification, and uh, asylum seekers. And that was pretty much the official policy that America held to uh, until about 1990, when again Congress decided that the, uh, the immigrant quota from 1960. Five was uh, a little too restrictive and it was increased from 290,000 people uh, being allowed to immigrate here permanently on an annual basis um, and it was increased in 1990 to 700,000 people um, and ever since 1990 the quota has more or less stayed at about uh, 700,000 people being allowed to permanently immigrate here from other nations on an annual basis. Uh, through these policies, the president was also given authority um, to, to tell Congress on an annual basis of how many people could immigrate here on an annual basis and claim asylum status. Uh, this number varies from year to year depending on pretty much the random whim of the president. Um, currently, currently, as of 2019, at the time of this podcast, uh, the president of the United States, Donald Trump, <laughs> is only allowing 30,000 people per year to immigrate to the United States of America on a permanent basis while claiming an asylum status. Only 30,000. Let, let me just make sure you heard that right. Only 30,000 people on an annual basis are allowed to move here from anywhere else in the world uh, and claim asylum um, 
from other nations as a result of, you know, persecution and violence and political uh, troubles in other nations. <laughs> so, uh, and by the way, only 9,000 of those uh, 30,000 people can come from the Near East and Southeast Asia, where there's a lot of Christian persecution, by the way. So Donald Trump, our very, you know, Christian president, uh, who, you know, loves Christians, only allows 9,000 people on an annual basis from the Near East and Southeast Asia to emigrate here and claim asylum status. In case you live in a bubble and aren't aware, uh, there's a lot of persecution in those countries regarding uh, Christians. In fact, right now, uh, at the time of this recording, uh, China is officially cracking down on the the underground church in China. Um, and many Christians have been attempting to, to flee the nation um, and to seek refuge in other nations, including the United States. Well, you know what? There's millions and millions and millions of Christians uh, in the underground church in China. And uh, the United States' policy right now will only allow 9,000 of them to flee to the United States for uh, freedom. <laughs> so keep that in mind when you're thinking about these immigration policies. Our immigration policies, no matter what you are, your rationale behind them are, remember we have brothers and sisters, for those of you who are Christians, and I assume most of the people listening to this podcast are Christian, um, but my Christian brethren, let me put this out there, your fellow Christian brethren who are suffering for the sake of the gospel and other nations who are attempting to flee other nations and come to places like America where they can have freedom to practice their faith are severely limited in how many can come to the United States. And that number, 9,000, is so small, you might as well be trying to win the lottery if you are a Chinese Christian fleeing persecution trying to come to America because your chances of coming here for safety are pretty much nil and uh, you may just have to you know if you're a Chinese Christian you may just have to suffer for Jesus some more uh, all because well you know we can't have too many immigrants coming here but anyway I'm getting a little on a side note here so I don't want to get stuck on that too much but I just wanted to throw that out there so maybe you can think hard about something especially since I know so many of you are Christians who listen to my podcast um, and I speak to you as a fellow Christian uh, and one who, you know, is deeply concerned about uh, what happens to Chinese Christians, not only because I have friends from uh, China who immigrated here who are Christians, um, but also because I have been one to donate uh, over the years to gospel causes um, in places like China. So I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um the president has sole authority to do this. Um, and just so you know, that as of 2018, um, there are 106,000 people who applied for asylum and refugee status in the United States of America. Uh, and in 30, in, in 2019, we're only going to allow 106,000 of those people. Or I'm sorry, we're going to only allow 30,000 of those 106,000, uh, new applicants to um, come to America for refugee status. And currently, according to statistics, as of January 2019, there is a backlog of nearly 1.1 million people sitting in the pipeline waiting for their asylum status to be considered. So you have 100,000 106,000 new applicants that applied in 2018, and you got a pipeline of a million, 1.1 million people waiting for their refugee status to be granted. Now, not all of that's from China, of course. I have no idea how many are from China. That includes people waiting on the southern border right now. Um, but, uh, you know, consider that. Consider that. Look, think how hard it has to be if you want to come to America under genuine um, asylum-seeking purposes. Uh, how hard that has to be. Because you know wherever you live that America is a great nation to, to 
have freedom in. <laughs> uh, but we're not going to allow you to come here because, well, you know, we're, we're concerned you may have other shady, nefarious purposes that uh, may rob us of something somehow. So anyway, uh, so uh, moving on. In 2017, according to Pew Research, however, uh, also to put this in a larger context, so, uh, you know, we have, according to Pew Research, 22 million applicants applied in 2017 for the U.S. visa program as the chance to come here to legally live and emigrate uh, and to permanently reside. 22 million applicants. And keep in mind, this is an annual, ongoing basis. And if you get, if you're one of the seven hundred thousand people that are uh, granted the the permission to come here and immigrate legally every year, the seven hundred thousand out of that twenty-two million, um, well, you know, you're pretty much winning the lottery because, contrary to popular opinion and perception, there is no official line to get in in order to immigrate here. So if you apply today in 2019, um, you're not waiting in some quota, in some queue somewhere for your opportunity to immigrate here. No, uh, once that the quota of 700,000 people is met, your application is denied and you get the opportunity to apply all over again in the random hope that one day the United States will randomly decide you won the immigrant lottery and you are allowed to come here. So of the 22 million people uh, applying for immigrant status in the United States, only 700,000 of them will be approved officially on any given year. So uh, if you're trying to come here to America, Good luck, because <laughs> uh, you're going to need it. There is no line to get in. Uh, it's more like a pool. Uh, it's kind of like, maybe you could put it in uh, funny terms, think of it as kind of like the claw uh, sort of game in which you have a bunch of stuffed animals in a vending machine, and you come over and you move your claw, and you decide, I want that one right there, and you pick them up and put them in. Uh, so anyway, good luck getting here if you're trying to come here. There is no line. You just get to randomly come here. Because some bureaucrat decided to say, hey, you sound okay. I'm going to let you come here. So where does that put us today as a result of allowing, um, you know, a rate of 700,000 people uh, to come into America as immigrants? How many current immigrants live in the United States as of 2017? Well, according to statistics, there are currently 44.5 million immigrants who currently live in the United States as of 2017, which makes up about 13% of our overall population, um, consisting of about 325 million people or so. Um, and historically, going back, to put this in perspective, of the 13% of people currently living in the United States who are official immigrants, historically, um, going back to 1850, in which the earliest data uh, is available in which they started um, measuring this sort of stuff, um, the percentage of immigrants in America typically fluctuates between 12 and 15% of the total American population. So at any given time, we officially have, historically, going back to 1850, about anywhere from 12 to 15% of the total population being current legal uh, immigrants. However, <laughs> if you look at a chart, and, and by the way, I have a lot of these stats available for your reference in the show notes. I have links to some pretty cool websites in which you can read about all this stuff and view the charts. Hope you will do that. Go to jimmystable.com and view the episode notes for episode 16 um, for those links. Um, however, uh, interestingly enough, if you look at the charts about how the population has fluctuated um, in America for immigrations, um, immigrant status, the lowest it was ever for the total immigration population in the United States was in 1970, in which there was 4.7% of the total American population that was here as currently as a legal immigrant. Um, and that was mostly due, of course, to uh, the hyper-restrictive uh, policies that America had implemented. Um, but in 1965, uh, after they passed those laws, after, you know, a brief 
downturn in immigration uh, policy for or em- number of immigrants living in America, um, we started seeing the rise of immigrants uh, in this country again. And um, those numbers have continued to rise um, every year pretty much since 1970, uh, although there has been a brief decline in recent years. But the numbers overall are still genuinely high. Uh, and like I said, currently it's between uh, it's about 13%, uh, which is pretty much in keeping with the overall historical norm, except for that brief period in the 60s and 70s in which it had gone down uh, dramatically um, to the low, low rate of <laughs> 4.7%. So to also put this in more context, uh, context here's some more data. In 1990, there were an estimated, now, now we'll get back to the subject of illegal immigration. Uh, In 1990, there were an estimated 3.5 million illegal immigrants in the United States. The number of illegal immigrants peaked in 2007, right at the height of, uh, right before the housing crisis, um, at a total of 12.2 million illegal immigrants. Um, And the number of illegal immigrants since 2007 living in the United States has decreased every year since uh, 2007 uh, and currently is as of the most recent year data is available um, at an estimated 10.5 million total illegal immigrants in the United States. Uh, if you were to do the math since 1990 in which the quota was raised um, to 700,000 legal immigrants being allowed to come to the United States every year. Um, That means since 1990, we have seen um, a net gain of roughly uh, 7 million immigrants, which if you do the math, equals about 259,000 illegal immigrants coming to the United States on an annual basis. Uh, Pew Research has estimated that currently uh, about four to five and a half million illegal immigrants out of that 10 million illegal immigrant status uh, live in this country as a result of their visas simply overstaying. So that's, you know, a lot of people who came here legally uh, and then, you know, for whatever reason, their paperwork expired and they simply didn't uh, renew it through the proper channels. Um, but they decided to stay here anyway. So many, so roughly about, you know, just under half of, uh, or roughly half, depending on which figure is the, the precise number of people, um, roughly half the illegal immigrants here currently in the country of the 10 million are here, not because they smuggled themselves across the border, um, but simply because they overstayed their visa, um, So that's, you know, something to consider. And currently, the United States workforce has an estimated 7.6 million illegal immigrants. Um, So if there are 10 million illegal immigrants currently in this country, uh, that means about 76% of our illegal immigrant uh, population is working. Um and the rest are not working and are our children <laughs> who don't work, um, except, you know, in black market type of situations. But uh, I'm talking about officially working a job, um, but under the table. So, uh, you know, these are some stats I think we should all uh, consider when we talk about immigration And I think we need to consider this history of the United States and how we went from a very open borders society in the first hundred years to basically coming up with reasons to believe immigrants are boogeymen and should be kept from coming into uh, the country. And uh, while we have, you know, kind of backed away from some of those official boogeyman policies in which we basically said Jews are terrible peoples or Italians are terrible people or Chinese are terrible people and because of genetics or, you know, X, Y, and Z, uh, they should not officially allow to be able to come here because they're genetically inferior to all of us white Anglo-Saxons who came here or were born here. Um, <laughs> you know, um, we should, uh, I think, revisit 
our immigration policies because I think, personally speaking, I think a lot of our immigration problems could simply be solved by further increasing um, the quota of how many people are here allowed to come here on an annual basis. Like my stats said, 22 million people apply to come to the United States legally every year, but only 700,000 of those people are granted the, the privilege and opportunity to come here on a legal basis. And they're done so pretty much as in a lottery format. Um, and we give some preference, you know, if you really get into the weeds, you, you know, see preference given to certain type of visa workers and, um, people seeking to reconcile families and people fleeing because of political purposes and seeking asylum in the United States. Um, however, you know, whatever your reason for coming, uh, you know, you're competing against 22 million people who are attempting to apply for application for right to live in the United States of America. So of those 22 million though, uh, according to the best available data, which, you know, if you compare a lot of the data, it seems to pretty much agree. Um, but of those um, 22 million people, 700,000 come here um, legally. And you only have about 300,000, you know, and that number fluctuates, of course, year to year. It's not consistent, but it does, you know, if you, if you do the math, um, of how many illegal immigrants are here currently, it averages out to about 300,000 a year. Um, so, you know, my simple suggestion, uh, in the, the spirit of our founding fathers who, you know, had an open borders policy, um, regarding immigration, you know, maybe we should just dramatically increase the number of people who are allowed to legally immigrate here. I know, that sounds crazy and radical. Uh, <laughs> you know, and just increasing the, the if we just increase the number by 300,000, um, you know, we probably have a lot less illegal immigrants here. Uh, we might have a lot more people here legally because, frankly, a lot of the people that are trying to come here... Um, illegally are people who got sick and tired of waiting to be officially approved and being randomly picked on in any given year. Um, the country that they live is, you know, for a lot of these people are just not a very pleasant place to live. Now, some places aren't so bad and people are just trying to take advantage of the system and, and that sort of thing. And I get that. Um, but, you know, I, I believe most people who who are coming here to America um, the vast majority of them are, you know, individuals seeking asylum or just seeking to work. And the stats bear that out. A hundred thousand people a year claiming, you know, being granted, uh, claiming a political asylum every year. Um, and 76% of the illegal immigrants that are here are working. <laughs> so I believe most people coming here are coming here for legit reasons. Yeah, you have some drug dealers, and yeah, you have some terrorists, uh, perhaps in the midst, uh, and some other individuals who are, you know, kind of shady and shouldn't be allowed to, to come here. But I think the vast majority of them are people who just, because they feel desperate, um, because their situation back home really stinks, uh, they take drastic measures to come here. And that's why of the 22 million applicants that we have um, trying to come here every single year, uh, only 300,000 of them uh, attempt to come here legally because I think most people that want to come here want to come here for legitimate reasons and they're willing to, uh, to try to do so um, in an orderly manner. So since most people are trying to come here, I think, in an orderly manner, and that's why we don't have 22 million people trying to come here on an illegal basis every single year, but trying to come through legal channels, um, you know, maybe we should just go ahead and grant those people, a lot of those people, uh, the opportunity to come here um, and say, hey, you know, if we make our immigration policy much more generous than it currently is, and it is, you know, 
pretty generous compared to, I think, a lot of countries uh, who have much more restrictive immigration policies. Um, but, uh, you know, I think if we were to, to live up to our ideals as uh, Americans from what our founding fathers envisioned for this country, and, you know, especially of us who are Christians who, you know, would really say we believe in freedom and uh and and democracy and uh the constitution <laughs> and uh all those sort of things and that we're pro-immigrant well if we're pro-immigrant uh as we say we are then let's cut through the red tape because you know frankly a lot of the the reasons that we give for not allowing people to come here to america has nothing to do with um any sort of rational reason um, but it's mostly based off of, in my opinion, fears. It's been fear that has been driving our anti-immigration policies since the 1870s. And I think it's fear that continues to cause us to be highly skeptical of allowing more people to come here than currently do. Uh, we'll say stuff like, well, I'm pro-immigration, I'm just anti-illegal immigration. But then if I say, well, let's just increase the quotas by a couple hundred thousand or by a million, um, then all of a sudden you get people who are like, well, no, we can't do that because of, you know, these immigrants, they're coming here and they're going to take our jobs and uh, they're going to carry diseases and they're going to infect our culture and they're going to rob us of our her heritage and they're going to vote for Democrats and, you know, all the, the things we toss out there <laughs> uh, as to why we shouldn't uh, increase the quotas just a, just a smidge. Um and, and those reasons really aren't grounded in anything, uh, for the most part, that's, that's rational. Uh, instead of, uh, instead we prefer these, you know, kind of racist, uh, sort of notions to, to dominate our thoughts and we're, we're afraid of somebody who is an outsider. Um, and we come up with all sorts of reasons as to why we're afraid of somebody who is an outsider. Um, but truth be told, I think, you know, a lot of those reasons are simply grounded in the skeptical attitudes that we have generally as human beings towards people who aren't part of our tribes uh, that we identify with to begin with. Um, but, you know, if you were to look at American history and how this nation was formed, I think you would see that America was nothing but a giant melting pot um, especially in the colonial days up to the formation and revolution that we experienced in the 1770s, you would see that we had Germans and French and English and, you know, Spanish and um, people from Africa and uh, people from the Middle East and all these people that were coming to America to, to form our nation and to, to make it... Uh, the great place that it has become. Um, and I think if we were to say, hey, you know, we should keep an open mind like many of our founding fathers, although not all of them had an open mind, of course. Uh, some of them were racist and said, hey, you know, we can't have blacks being citizens. But anyway, um, you know, so, but generally speaking, our founding fathers, the ideals they ascribed to was, you know, that every man has the right to be free and every man has the right to freely associate with whomever he wants and if if you believe in things like natural rights that man is free and that man should have the freedom of association so that he can associate with whomever he wants then i think you know if you believe those ideals and i think most of you who would claim to uh, listen to this podcast believe in natural rights and believe that man was born free and that you should have the freedom to to hang out with whoever you want and to associate with whoever you want and to do business wherever you want and to pretty much live wherever you want um if you if you believe in such ideals um, as natural rights and all that's associated with that, then it's no surprise that the early American col colonies that we had and the formation of America for the first century was pretty much a, hey, whoever wants to come here, feel free to come here. We're okay with that. We're cool with that because we believe in freedom. We believe in free markets. <laughs> we, we're capitalists after all, right? Um, so instead of having such you know, restrictive um, immigration policies such as we have today, I say, let's give the free market a chance. Instead of setting um, ridiculously restrictive quotas, let's just say, hey, let's the 
let's have the free market determine how many people can live in America. Um, just as we do currently with pretty much the 50 states that we have. You know, I live in North Carolina, um, but you know, at some point in my life, I lived in North Carolina, but I worked in South Carolina. <laughs> but you know, when I decided to live in North Carolina and work in South Carolina, I didn't have to file some sort of, per you know, permission and get a permission slip from the United States government for the ability to emigrate and work <laughs> between North and South Carolina. Um, I simply applied for a job and was granted a job because that's what the free market allowed. Um, I didn't need permission from Uncle Sam to do that. Um, I just simply had to say, hey, I live in North Carolina and I work in South Carolina, so let me pay my taxes. And I had to file the appropriate paperwork to to pay taxes in both North and South Carolina. Um, and that was pretty much the only paperwork I had. So, in that spirit, if, if I should be able to freely live in one state and work in another, well, you know, maybe we should have a more accommodative immigration policy when it comes to uh, people from other countries. I'm not saying we need to have an open border. Please don't misunderstand it. Let me repeat that again because some of you are thinking, he's an open border supporter. No, no, I'm, I, I don't believe in open borders. I don't think we should just allow everybody who can come here uh, to come here. Um, I think we can put reasonable policies in place that are in keeping with an open border sort of philosophy, though. Um, that say, hey, you know, we don't need a big government. We don't need a bureaucrat deciding who's going to live here uh, for every single individual that wants to come here. You know, if we want to put reasonable restrictions and say, hey, violent criminals who are violent criminals in other countries shouldn't be allowed to emigrate here because they may possibly violate our rights. Because if they were, you know, a violent criminal in another state, eh, chances are they're going to be a violent criminal in another state. And, you know, maybe we don't want violent criminals coming here. You know, stuff like that. I think I think that's reasonable. It may not be a hundred percent laissez-faire free market capitalism, but I think it's a reasonable concession that even the most die-hard Milton Friedman supporter uh, of laissez-faire capitalism could have uh, <laughs> and embrace. Um, so I think you know maybe a more open policy that doesn't look at every potential immigrant as a boogeyman who is going to just come here and give us a disease or is going to come here and rape and pillage and kill and sell drugs or is just going to be some here buddy who comes here and takes my job um i don't think we need to have such a philosophy and i think um if if we we should realize that the united states uh, is far from being overwhelmed with the number of immigrants that can should be able to come here on an annual basis. Um, in fact, actually, if you were to look at all the people who immigrate here on an annual basis just for uh, temporary work, seasonal work, or just you know come in town to do business uh, for a week and then fly back to Germany, or or you know people who trans. Uh, who, who cross over the border every day from Mexico and Canada because they're delivering payloads of, you know, goods and services and, and things like that. If you were to count the number of people who do that on an annual basis in America and who as a result, you know, live in America for like a week or two or, or whatever to do business, um, you find out that there's, according to statistics, that there's over 40 million people who come here on an annual basis just for a quick business trip or to to uh, come here as tourists and some combination of the above. So I think uh, if we can handle the constant flux of 40 million people coming in and out of the country on an annual basis for business or for pleasure on temporary short-term uh, visas who, who don't even go through much in the way of serious vetting on annual basis. I think if, if we can accommodate that, then, you know, maybe we can accommodate another 300,000 people being allowed to uh, legally immigrate here on an annual basis, on a permanent basis. So maybe we should inc increase the quota by 300,000 uh, and give a lot of those people who, those 300,000 who come here illegally, a better shot of coming here on a legal basis. 
Um, because I think it is fair to ask that if you're going to come here to live on a permanent basis, that you at least file some basic paperwork saying, hi, this is who I am. Uh, I am so-and-so. I am not a criminal. Uh, and you can verify that with my country of origin. Um, you know, if we allowed more people to come here legally, <laughs> I think we would see far less people who try to come here as desperate individuals just seeking um, either asylum or just the opportunity to to experience the American dream and to work here. Um, and, you know, I think that's fair. So let's increase the annual quota from 700000 on an annual basis. Let's just increase it by 300000 Or, you know, let's you know maybe take a little bit bolder of a, a baby step and say let's double the quota let's double it from 700,000 that we've had it set to since 1990 uh, let's increase it to uh, 1.4 million people let's let's double it or let's even triple it um, let's 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 have 2.1 million people be allowed to and, and why not why not? And I, I think if you were to search your heart of hearts, uh, you would not be able to find an answer that doesn't sound like a boogeyman type of answer. If your answer is a fear-based one saying, well, it's just going to be so, you know, if you just want to categorize all those people as drug dealers or um, terrorists or, uh, you know, some sort of other nefarious uh, individual... I think you're, I think you're, you know, kind of coming from a dishonest place in your heart, if you were to really search it. And I think you're coming from a fear-based idea instead of a rational, logical, philosophical, spiritual-based <laughs> answer uh, and perspective. Um, because most of the people who come here illegally... 76% of them are hardworking individuals just like you and me. And a lot of the rest are pretty much, you know, things like children. Yeah, there are some people who are here doing some nefarious things, and we need to boot them out as soon as possible. We don't need to have nefarious individuals here. But I think most people, if you just were to look at the stats, and the stats bear it out, they're just desperate. They're hungry. They want an opportunity. And I think if we're going to be good Christians about it, you know, we should say, hey, Let's treat other people like we want to be treated. Because I'm pretty sure Jesus said something like that. And that we should, you know, love the stranger, love the immigrant. Uh, and yes, we should encourage as Christians for them to come here legally. As Christians, we should not support people coming here illegally. We should encourage them to come through the proper channels. Uh, because we want them to not be taken taken advantage of by black market individuals, uh, people who are going to abuse them um, and take advantage of the fact that they're here illegal uh, and, and, you know, all the sort of shady stuff that goes and black, goes on in black markets. We don't want people participating in those black markets, um, so we should encourage them to come here legally. But because we also don't want people participating in black markets, we should, you know, get rid of a lot of the government red tape that uh, causes a lot of desperate people to try to come here um, through illegal channels simply because they want to escape um, the realities and dangers and terrible living conditions that they um, currently are experiencing in other countries. Um, and I think that's perfectly Christian. So don't, yeah, and Romans 13 is perfectly Christian too. We should support Romans 13. But we should also be able to, as Christians, say, hey, government, your policies are ridiculous, and you should change those policies, and you should reform those policies, and you should make those policies much more generous. Um, and especially if you're a free market person who doesn't believe the government should be, you know, meddling in the affairs of everybody and should just mind its own business. Uh, then, you know, as a free market person, you should be somebody who says, hey, uh, the government doesn't need to have all sorts of draconian measures put in place that make people jump through all sorts of ridiculous hoops uh, to try to come here. You should just allow, you know, a large number of people to come here 
on an annual basis, uh, assuming that they, you know, go through the proper channels. And, you know, what that exact quota uh, should be, I don't know. I don't know if there even should be a quota. Um, I, I'm much more inclined to to allow just the free market to figure it out. But because I know some of you, even though you say you're free market people, you're scared to death of free markets. You want somebody to protect the immigrant from taking your job uh, or something along those lines. Um, you know, maybe instead of having uh, total free market, you know, <laughs> uh, we should just allow those people to... Uh, let's just start by making small increases towards free market capitalism, a free market approach towards immigration, and let's just double or triple the quota um, and take baby steps to getting towards um, less government involvement in our immigration policies as a nation. Um, so that's my opinion on the matter, folks. I can't claim that I have it all figured out. I, I don't know if we should have a border, uh, or I'm sorry, a wall on our border or not. Maybe we should. Maybe we should have a wall on our border to funnel everybody through the legal channels. But, you know, I think if we were to, to just greatly increase the number of people who can come here through legal means, I think we would find out that um, a border wall is probably unnecessary uh, because you'd probably find uh, most people would be willing to go through the legal processes if they believed they had an honest-to-goodness chance at coming here through legal channels. But, you know, honestly, I don't feel most people that come here illegally believe that they have a honest chance at coming here. And they realize, hey, America's only going to let 700,000 people in on, on an annual basis. There are 22 million people trying to apply on an annual basis for permanent resident status in the United States of America and chance to come here to work. Um, you know, so they realize the odds are stacked against them and they may never get a chance because there is no line. They realize if they come here uh, that they're only going to get approved to come here through sheer luck. So anyway, everybody, this is Jimmy Humphrey with Jimmy's Table Podcast. This was episode 16. Um, I hope I've given you some something to think about. Uh, I've tried to present the best of my ability, a lot of history, a lot of stats, and to give you, you know, some ideas. I don't claim to have it all mapped out. Some of my ideas may even be bad. And if they are, I'd love to hear from you. Jimmy at Jimmy's Table.com. You can also reach out to me on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Um, and you can find me uh, with all those links to Facebook and Twitter on the Jimmy's Table website. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. If I know you in real life, uh, let's get together for some coffee. Let's get together some food. Uh, and let's hash out these ideas. Let's, let's talk these ideas through because I think immigration is a crucial issue that we need to figure out in this country. Um, because we are ultimately dealing with human beings created in the image of God. Um, and we should give those human beings created in the image of God um, a fair opportunity uh, to come here through legal means. And I believe we should make those legal means really as simple as possible uh, to come here. We don't need to make it hard. Um, we need to give everybody else the opportunity who wants to come here through legal means and who comes here to work a real shot to experience uh, the American dream, which we so claim to love and cherish and want all other people to experience. So anybody, anyway, everybody, have a good day. Take care and God bless. Again, this is Jimmy Humphrey with Jimmy's Table.com.